0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearchurch.com or download our app, available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I wonder, Our text has been John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. And last week, we began to talk about the fact that we're spiritual beings. Now, Like I said, I sensed that this was some new ground for us. So we're going to cover a little bit again, that we are made up of three parts. First Thessalonians fifth chapter, Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica. He said, now may the God of peace himself sanctify, which means to separate you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you listen, it depends on who you listen to. If you listen to secular publications, if you listen to many psychology books, they will acknowledge uh, two parts of us. Our, they will acknowledge our bodies, they will acknowledge our brains, and, and a lot of times they'll leave us with the idea that we're just a brain and a body. But we are much more than a brain and a body. And Paul's saying we are spirit, soul, and body. And so I was thinking about this, I have a very simple illustration, but if you took an egg, just a regular old chicken egg, a chicken egg is made up really of three distinct parts you have the, the, the center yellow part, which is called the yolk, And then you have the part around that, which is the egg white. And then you have the shell. And if you think of an egg, it is, it is a three-part, and you can separate them. Now, they're connected, but you can separate them. So we are a spirit being. So I would liken the spirit to the yolk. Now this is only an example. Don't go out of here going, Alan said I'm a yoke. I did not say you're a yoke. I'm just saying that we're a spiritual being and it's like, the, it's the center of, it's the heart, it's the core. Paul, or excuse me, Peter actually referred to it as being the hidden man of the heart. So we're a, a spirit being. It, it's the spiritual side of us that connects with God. It's the spiritual side of us that lives eternally. It's the spiritual side of us that when you go to heaven, that's the part that goes to heaven. How many you know you leave your body behind? And, meet, and also you leave your brain behind. You're not taking your brain with you. But the soul is more than just the soul. Is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, don't ask me to explain all of that. But here's the deal. Someone said, are we going to recognize each other in heaven? Well, do you recognize each other down here? You're not gonna turn into a fat, naked little baby angel shooting arrows at people. That's not what heaven's gonna be like. You're gonna recognize. In fact, Paul had a vision vision where he actually said he was caught up into heaven. He didn't know if he was in his body or out of his body. And if you've ever listened to any people who have gone, and there are people who I feel like are extremely legit who have gone to heaven, And they don't say everyone's floating around like little baby angels shooting arrows at one another. That is on a cloud. That is not what heaven's like. In fact, they say it's very much like earth, only a lot prettier. And there's no nasty stuff. And no tornadoes, no hurricanes, no bad weather, no mosquitoes, no snakes, hallelujah. No wrinkles. There we go. No diets. <laughs> I'm liking this better all the time. I don't think we know a lot about heaven because if we did, we would want to go. And we'd all be like, I'm done. And the Lord's like, no, I got, I got a job for you to do while you're down here. I met a guy one time, I, I never forget, I, I was in Bible school years ago. I was sitting in the back of the church. It was, a, it was a church, it was ORU's, maybe center. And a man was standing up and he was talking about heaven. And uh, he had had a vision. He had, he had been to heaven. I think there are some people. And listen, not everyone who says they've, they've been to heaven is legit. You know, some are weird. But this guy, this guy sounded legit. But the guy sitting beside me, I didn't know who he was. And so when the speaker was speaking, the guy sitting beside me is going, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But he wasn't talking about like, hear it. He was talking about, I've been there. Yeah, that's right. He kept saying, that's right. So my curiosity got the best of me. After, after service, I grabbed him. I said, I said man, I heard you talking. Do you, do you, do you talk like you've been there. He was just a real nondescript guy. He said, I have. I said, really? He said, yeah, my testimony is in the church uh, bookstore. He said, I had a motorcycle accident. and died and went to heaven. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, did you see Jesus? That's all oh, yeah, did you see Jesus? He said, yeah. I said, what's it look like? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to know that? Yeah, absolutely. And he looked at me. He said, he's about your size, a little taller, thicker. I'm like, really? That's right. I'm Jesus' size, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the idea is it, his body was still lying somewhere on a road after a motorcycle accident it's his spirit we're a spirit being that's the that's the part of us that lives eternally yay that's good news especially if you've made jesus lord our soul includes the mind and will and emotions Romans 12. paul is writing to the church and he says this i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, listen, here's where people can trip up. People will, will raise their hand in a service, or they'll pray with somebody, and they know in their heart they made a decision that they made Jesus their Lord. And if you've made Jesus your Lord, you, can, you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you confess Him with your mouth as Lord, you have been saved. You are a new creation, you have been, what Jesus referred to as being born again, recreated spiritually, new on the inside. How many of you know you're not new on the outside, you're new on the inside? But what happens is a lot of times, if you don't understand that you have to do something with your mind and your emotions and your, your will, and that you have to do something with your body, Then the enemy uses that to convince many people that they didn't get anything. So here they are. They become a Christian. They're just excited. And then something happens, and they blow up at somebody. And I mean they just go off. They use words they haven't used in a long time. And they just absolutely go, just go off. And the enemy's right there to tell them, see, if you were saved, that wouldn't have happened. Now, if this has happened to you, just look straight ahead. Because here's the deal. It happens to almost everybody. Because the enemy would love to talk you out of your salvation. He can't talk you from being saved, but he could sure talk you from living like that. I, I, yeah, I got time. Um, when I came back to the Lord in 22, 23, I'm down here selling Wrangler jeans. I was a Western wear salesman. And, uh, as bow-legged as I am, I, I look like I just got off a horse. And uh, I'm selling Wrangler jeans. And I remember after I came back to the Lord, it was just like I was on, it's like I was on a cloud for a while. might remember that you just like, everything is just like, the grass is greener, the sky is bluer, everything is wonderful, nothing is a temptation. And one day a girl walked past me and I gave her a look. She didn't see me. I was watching her as she walked away and immediately the enemy is there to go see see if you were saved you wouldn't have done that and what we have to realize is no what i need to do is i need to do something with my fleshly desires and i need to do something with my mind my mentality how i think my attitudes don't be conformed to this world be molded in the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and so what happens is that we begin, to, we begin to think. How many of you would honestly say you walk with the Lord a while, you think differently than you did before you were saved? Well, some of you, I'm talking to people who were sitting in church on Wednesday night. If they'd told some of you years ago, you'd have been in church on Wednesday night, you'd have laughed, you're like, you're out of your mind. That's the last place I'm gonna be on Wednesday night. Now here you are enjoying it. Going, this is great, I love being in church. You just, you got your mind renewed, things begin to change. But if you don't do something with your mind and with your body, it will act just like it used to act. And that's just why people have a problem at times. It's like, well, they said they're a Christian, but they're acting they're acting horribly. And that's why Paul wrote the Corinthian church. He said, you know, he said, you guys are carnal or flesh ruled, and you're acting like mere unchanged men. But they weren't. They were changed, but they weren't acting that way. So does that make sense? If you understand, okay, I got, I got born again, I, I'm saved. I'm a new creation in Christ. Now I need to start renewing my mind to how God's ways, His ways, how He thinks, what He says. Now all of a sudden, I just don't say anything I want to say because I know that my words have power. I've learned that, so I keep my words good. Now I just don't do anything I want to do because now I'm, I'm accountable to God. Does this make sense? And so if you if you understand that, then when all of a sudden you have these desires, instead of thinking, Well oh dear, I thought I was saved, and we said, No, you must not have gotten it. That's why we had people get baptized over and over and over and over again. And we're having to start to tell them, Listen, being baptized 15 times is not going to be the answer to this. What it is, is you need to be to change how you think and begin to renew your mind. And then to keep your body under. Paul, the apostle Paul said, I keep under my body, lest by any means when I preach to others, I would be disqualified. How many of you believe Paul was a good Christian? If he had to keep under his body and keep his body in check, then guess who has to keep our body in check? That's going to be all of us. That's it. And so don't get upset, just work on it. And this is why you're in church, so we're learning. The Lord communicates with us through our spirit. We talked about that last week. Romans 8:16. the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. A witness is an inner sense or knowing. It's not a feeling. People have often called it a hunch. You ever had a hunch? You said, uh, I, just, I just had a, a sensing that this was going to happen. Or I just had a sensing not to go there. Or a sensing this was the right thing to do. It's an inner witness. That's the, that's the how we know we're a believer, that we have a witness in our spirit. And it is the major way that the Lord leads us. Romans 8, 14 says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit has come to help us and to lead us. But he doesn't do it in dramatic fashion. So it's in other words, no flaming scrolls. I've never seen a flaming scroll. I've never seen an angel who's given me direction. I've never even had any visions or open visions. So people say, well, you must not be very spiritual. No, I'm actually fairly spiritual, but the idea is it's not that I'm gonna be led, be led by something dramatic, we're led by a witness. We're learning to be led by just a witness, a hunch, a, 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 a sensing, a knowing. And that's the primary way the Lord leads us. And when we understand that, if you, if you understand it, then you're not looking for something big. Now, I'm a, guys, I'm going to jump on you because I, I, need to get to, I need to get to some things. and I need Because when people talk about being led, um, if you, if you want to read something that's interesting, read Acts, the 16th chapter, verses 6 through 10. We've been reading that and that, and you're really, you get to see how, how the Holy Spirit led Paul. He was getting ready to go into a certain area. The Holy Spirit checked him, stopped him. He's getting ready to go another area. He said, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. Then you had a vision at night where the man from Macedonia said, come help us. And so you see that he was moving in a direction and he gets a, a, what I call a red light. You get a, mm, a red light. Or you start moving in a direction and you get a green light. Good, that's a good. Actually, it's a good way to think about direction. You wanna be moving towards something before you get directed. So as you move towards something you could, well, you know, I just feel like I need to do something. I need to serve somewhere. Start moving in a direction and see how the Lord leads. So it's easier to steer a moving bicycle. But let me talk this, I want to talk because I just felt real impressed to talk about some ways that you're not lit. And I I, I want to be real clear on this. Do not ask for signs. God, I need you to show me a sign. So why can't I ask for a sign? Well, one, it's not in the scriptures. Two, and I understand it, man, but we, we hit situations and they're serious and they're desperate. And we're like, Lord, I need a sign. I, I, need, I, need some, I need you to show me something. Don't raise your hands, but a lot of us have prayed that way. It's like, Lord, sh- just, just show me. If you would just show me. God, just show me what you want me to do. Just show me. And a lot of times we're waiting for a sign, and that's not how he leads. If he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to teach us, to show us what's to come, then that's the means by which he leads us, not by outward signs. And here's where you get in trouble. People say, you know, Lord, if you want me to marry her, when I ask her, have her say yes. (laughs) That could backfire on you. That's that's not a good way to be led. And so you don't want to ask, or, and I've heard people, man, they couldn't Pastor Allen, I was praying about moving to, we were praying about moving to Phoenix, and, and we saw three license plates from Arizona in one day. Three License plates. Listen, you're not led by license plates. You don't want to be led by external signs. Does does that make sense? So if you're asking for things, because people now say, well, you know, Gideon put a fleece out. Gideon wasn't filled with the Spirit like you are. He didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. And so we don't need to be doing things that aren't scriptural. Well, Lord, you need to give me, I need to hear a voice. Do not. Do not ask for a voice. People have prayed that way and have gotten so weird. <laughs> Guys, listen, how many of you know we have an enemy? His name is Satan and he's real. How many of you know he can, he can accommodate people in the voice realm? And so people who hear voices, and by the way, avoid people who tell you they hear voices. That is not good. Even, even Paul said, we're talking about an inward witness. We're not talking about, I heard a voice. So please be careful with that. Don't, just, don't ask for a sign or Lord, if you want me to do this, then have four red cars go by my house. I, again, I understand, I understand the urgency of it, but I'm just telling you that you're also dealing in the enemy's territory. Anytime you start dealing in the natural realm, because he also has influence in that realm, don't do it. You got that one? Now, I I hesitate sometimes to tell people that strongly not to do something, because the last time I did that, everyone went and did it, don't do this. It's not helpful for you. Don't ask for that. Here's Here's the second one. Do not take every dream as from the Lord. Say, Alan, why are you going over this? Because I talk to people. I, I talk to people, and people say, Alan, I had this dream. And and here's here's my thing on dreams. Some some people are big dreamers. They dream all the time. They take the color dream. I I, I dream a lot. I, I I don't think I ever had one that I could really say that was the Lord. And so, anytime I, I have a dream, I just be quite honest with you. Uh, Especially if it scares the daylights out of you. That's not how the Lord... does it. Listen, if you have a dream from the Lord, put it on the shelf. And if it's from the Lord, he'll reveal the purpose of it. Now, I've heard people get all kinds of wild stuff trying to get interpretations of dreams. And if someone tells you, oh, I I have the gift of interpreting a dream, run, do not walk, run in the opposite direction from them. (laughs) But be careful for that. Some people feel like, it feels like it gives them legitimacy if they're saying, well, I can interpret dreams and you tell me the dream. Listen, some dreams are because you ate too much before you went to bed. Right, right. And then you have those crazy dreams. And and so l- listen, please be real careful on dreams. When it's from the Lord, he'll reveal it to you. Peter had a dream one time, he had a trance it fell into a trance and saw the sheep that dropped down and all those animals and and the a voice spoke, said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he Peter's like, I've never done this, Lord. I don't eat anything unclean. And the voice said, what I've cleansed, don't you call common? And then later on, it took him to the the Gentiles and it was the Lord getting Peter prepared for something and does, can God move in dreams? Yes, he absolutely can. Just be real careful of them and don't just try to, to, to ascertain what it is. I had this dream and I was back in high school and I was going down the hallway I was only wearing my underwear and I think that <laughs> means, I think that means you had a crazy dream. <laughs> you with me on that? So be be real careful on the dream. Say, well, Alan, I had a dream. I know it was the Lord. Well, good. If it was, put it on the shelf and don't live your life by it. And if it was the Lord, he'll reveal that to you. Are we having fun yet? Okay. Say, why are you doing this? Because I'm a pastor. And because I talk to people. And oftentimes I find this is where people go. Here's, here's, Here's a real big one. When it comes to guidance and direction, other people can help if... They are godly counsel. If, there's a big word there, if. Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14. Where there's no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But in the multitude of godly counselors, there is safety. If you're having challenges in your marriage, the person you don't want counsel from is the individual that's been married six times and hates women. That's the person like, yeah. If I were you, I'd get me a dog. Ain't no, there ain't no good women around anymore. I'd just get me a dog. That's not the person you need to listen to. That's not godly counsel. If, if, you're, going to get God, if you're having challenges in your marriage, we have a marriage class that's taught by people who are really married and have been through some stuff. You need people who have been through tough times and, can t- and stayed with the Lord and can give you godly counsel. Yeah. And so, just, just just, listen. Your party buddies are not the good ones to tell you how to live a lifestyle. I'll tell you what, man. You keep going to church, you're going to get weird. <laughs> I said, really? Oh, it's like you, you've wrecked your car twice and had three DUIs and you're gonna tell me how to live my life? No, never take advice from someone who's more messed up than you are. <laughs> I don't even know we should take this tonight. I really, <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> hey, it's probably, on, if now it lives, it lives in, in infamy, but all right. Okay, but listen, Here's, I'm not done with these guys yet. Regardless of the counsel that you get, ultimately you're going to be responsible for what you do. So if someone says, well, you know, someone gave me bad counsel. (laughs) It's still your call. And and you'll have to make the decision for what you do. So you really, you, you want to be able to gauge it. Here's another thing about counsel. If you're talking with someone, they really should only confirm what you already have in your heart. Someone should... If they're coming up with wild stuff I was at a at a meeting one night and um, a guy looked at me he had a word from the Lord for me and he told me that I was going to be a missionary to Israel we walked out of there and Joyce like what did you think of that I went I thought that's crazy (laughs) because I had that did not convert, that was, that was strange. It did not bear witness with anything in my heart at all. And beware the people who try to tell you what to do. Well, you should do this, or you should do that, or you should. Listen, anyone who's given you godly counsel, it's gonna have, it's gonna have they're not pushing you. Pushy people typically are not godly counsel. So you can, they can ask questions, they'll talk to you, and if, if they really start to hide behind, well, the Lord's told me to tell you. Guys, I know way too many people that got married because a guy walked up to a girl, I was in Bible school, we had it all the time, and the Lord told me I'm supposed to marry you. She's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, darling, what did you just do? You might want to find out about this guy. Not just, not just take that, and so... Just because someone said, well, the Lord told me to tell you. If the Lord hasn't told me yet, I'm throwing that away. Amen. Y'all hear? You, are you here? You, you, can, you can tell this is real pastoral tonight. <laughs> because I've been, on, I've been on the other side of listening to some of the lies that have gotten messed up. From someone telling me that. They got called to the ministry. I said, how would you know you were called? Well, mama and, and grandmama told me I was, I was going to be a preacher. No, you need to get that in your own heart. And in the multitude of counselors, can I tell you some of the best counsel you ever get? The scriptures are the best counsel Amen. you will get. And so as you spend time in that, then you're going to find out if what someone is telling you, it A, should confirm what's in your heart, but two, it's always going to line up with scripture. And so you really, you really, sometimes people just don't want to make a decision, so they look to someone else to tell them what to do. And you really want to stay away from that. Got another one, if you're ready? Okay. You'll like this one. Right motives are helpful for getting the right direction. Right motives are helpful for getting the right direction. James, the third chapter, verses 16 through 17. James is right, he said where envy and self-seeking exist, that self-seeking also means selfish ambition, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruits. It's without partiality and without hypocrisy. The wisdom that's from above. How do you tell, we all want godly wisdom, how can you tell when, when someone has godly wisdom or you're beginning to walk in wisdom? Well, there's that laundry list. It says it's, it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield. When, um, back in 1998, I told Joy, I said, I believe we're supposed to pastor a church. I was right about that. I said, I believe we're supposed to pastor a church in my hometown, Greensboro, North Carolina. That wasn't so good. So I tell that to Joy. And uh, <laughs> Joy didn't have a real witness on that. In fact, she woke up and the, the Lord actually gave her a dream. And she woke up one morning. She looked at me. She said, I had a dream. And she said, I had a dream that we went to Greensboro and that all these pastors were angry at you because you had showed up. She said, Alan, I, I, I think that's the Lord. And you know, I looked at her and said, no it's not that's just fear and I rebuke that fear in Jesus name and I was unwilling to yield see if it's the wisdom of God I should have said "Well, let me pray about that because especially if you're husband and wife you really ought to make sure you're doing things together and so in other words if the Lord can talk to one he can talk to the other you want want to be in agreement and um, so we went to North Carolina. It was a disaster. I remember I, I pulled into the driveway of my parents' home and I knew, in my, I knew in my heart I had missed it. And I sat on the edge of the bed and I went, I went, Joe, I think I missed, I think we made a mistake. Joe looked at me, she said, it's too late now. And we tried to start a church. We shut it down in a month. Now that, that, that isn't even really trying hard. But remember I talked about that inward witness Something on the inside of me kept going, this is not right. This is not right. This is not right. This is not good. You talking, talking about a uh feeling. So we shut it down. And we looked all over the state of North Carolina for where we were supposed to start a church. And just could not get up. Remember we talked about red light? Everything was a red light. Looked at this city. That's a red light. We looked at this. Every, every door began to shut. So we came back. We came back to Texas and we went back to, to, uh, to Lakewood. We were going, John Osteen was the pastor. We went back there and, and we, we, we laugh about the fact that we left and everyone's like, yeah, they're gonna go start a church. We came back and everyone looked at us like we were, what happened to you? And uh, like we were, we were failures. But how many of you know, you're not a failure till you quit. You are not a failure until you quit. And even if you have quit, I got good news for you. The Lord is merciful and you can get yourself back up and go again. And so we came back to Texas and I started working with a company there and started making good money. And, And I remember Joy would talk to me about starting a church and I would put my hand up. But since the wisdom of God is pure and peaceable, it's willing to yield. And I wasn't willing to yield. I was like, no, I've been there, I've done that, I've got the scars to prove it, I'm not gonna do it again. I'll stay here, I'll make a lot of money, I'll give to missions, that's what everyone says. I'll make a lot of money, give to missions, right. <laughs> and, and I just I, I would not yield until finally, thank God the Lord just finally got through to me and I realized we were supposed to start a church. And so we begin to to pray about that and I I knew it was was Conroe, and we talked about it. We agreed it was Conroe, and we're in agreement, so we're working that. And I'll never forget, Joyce said, are you you gonna go talk to Pastor Osteen? And I went, yeah, yeah. She looked at me, she said, what if he says no? Someone had left Lakewood a year before me, took a lot of people with them, took a lot of the big givers with them, hurt the church, hurt my pastor. I didn't ever wanna do that. He was still stinging out of that. And I remember, Joy said, well, what if he says, what if he says no? Thinking Conroe is too close or, what if he says no? And I bowed up again. I'm like, look, bless God. I heard from God. But the wisdom from above is pure and peaceable and gentle and willing to yield. God's wisdom is. And I remember I walked in my room I prayed. I think I prayed for five minutes and I walked back out and I went, you're right. I'll go talk to him. If he says no, I'll ask him to pray again. What am I doing? Willing to yield. See, a lot of times when you, I've heard someone say, the wronger I am, the louder I get. And sometimes we just get locked in and we're just unwilling to yield. Listen, if it's God, I can entertain someone saying, well, I don't know if this is right or this is not right. David one time, the Lord told him to go to Ziklag and and, and help r- r- get the Philistines out because they were attacking Ziklag. And David's men said, we're not going to Ziklag. We're about to get killed here. Why are we going to go down to Ziklag? And David went, out, but he went back and asked the Lord again and the Lord confirmed it again. How many of you know, listen, if, the, if it's the Lord today, it's going to be the Lord tomorrow. And you can be willing to yield. And so I told Joel, I said, I'll tell you what, if he... If he says no, I'll ask him to pray about it again if I can come back to him in a month. And uh, I went and talked to him. And uh, he, uh, I said, Pastor, I'm supposed, I really feel like I'm supposed to start church in Conroe. He said, where's Conroe? I went, thank you, Lord. I went, <laughs> I went it's a long way from you. It's, 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 it's 40 miles from you. And when we left, we hadn't agreed. When we left, we didn't tell anybody we were leaving. We didn't take anybody from Lakewood. Here's what our thought was, if God can't do it, if God can't do it without us having to take from Lakewood then it doesn't need to be done. Right. And so when we, when we started, we started with nobody knowing and nobody and people would call us from Lakewood and we would tell them, don't come because you know you're, you're at Lakewood and that, that's the way we ran things. And I'll tell you what though it gives me a great peace because we've had some splinters but we'll never have a split because we did not plant split seeds and that's what's going to happen here. And so that's the good news of that. But the wisdom of God when someone's talking to you, wisdom of god's going to be pure and peaceable when someone's giving you counsel they're not going to push you they're not going to they're going to to force wisdom of god is willing to you and if god's really talking to you then you can entertain conversations with other people you can get other counsel does that make sense at all these are these are so important because i've seen so many people go crazy things especially when it comes to direction And like i said i understand when you, when you have decisions and they're big and they need to be made, people can grasp at things. But you don't want to grasp. Oh, and here's and here's the here's my my advice on the other side. Begin to develop a relationship with the Lord on a consistent basis so that when you face the big things, this is not new. You've already been talking to him. You've already sensed his leading. You've already begun to have that relationship. So don't, don't wait till it all hell busts loose and then go, dear God, I've got to hear from you. Just start tomorrow and worship him and tell him, thank you, Lord, that you lead me. I believe in April I'm going to do, do a series on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's involvement is so key here. And if we don't recognize him and understand it, we, we kind of make him like the crazy uncle of the Godhead. And he's not. He is God. And he lives in us, and he's a huge, huge help. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you for this time. We appreciate it. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who is here to lead us and to guide us and to help us. Father, for people right now who are making difficult decisions, thank you that you can lead them. Thank you that they are your sheep and they hear your voice and they follow you. So, Lord, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, maybe you're watching online, you said, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, or if I do, I don't know it, or maybe I did at one time and I've gotten away from him, we're going to say a prayer, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, it's a very simple prayer, and sitting right in your chair, if you've been away from God, this is your chance to come back. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you that I'm talking to, would you slip your hand up real quick and say, Alan, that's me, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. You put your. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and you wanted in on this prayer, it's a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family, online. You can, If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those who have prayed that prayer, for those who have stepped out of darkness into the light, and for those who have come back home. We rejoice with them. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness. We never forget how good you have been to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearchurch.com. Have a great week.